How's it going, guys? Good, good, good. good, good, good How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> yeah. So, Still. welcome to uh, the first podcast. Like, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. But hey, guess what? That's the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> Always a starting point. So, we got to start somewhere. <laughs> right? You just have exactly. to on it, you know? <laughs> But that, that's kind of like, I, I think that's like the fun part of, of any adventure is like everybody's kind of like nervous in the beginning until like everybody finds their, their methodology, you yeah. know? And right, it's right. kind of like a first day of school all over again. <laughs> <laughs> New semester. Yeah, yeah. serious. How, how you guys so, been? Um, yeah. What have you been up to lately? You guys want to go ahead first, or? <laughs> well, stay stay strong, stay safe. You know, like just trying to get stuff going and get myself uh, healthy and try to make some something that is impressional for myself and experimental for myself. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. been. Uh like super difficult with the pandemic, right? Like yeah. finding the the motivation and the sort of like focus to keep on, you know, track with all of this stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So how is, how do you guys lately, last year, is it good? <laughs> well, last year, speaking of last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know, for me, like, it was a little difficult, both, like, financially and, you know, career-wise, and, you know, also my, you know, my dad has surgery, and, you know, it's, it's just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happening, but, you know, it's a, it's a growing pain, you know, like, you know, like, you, sometimes it's not always, like, bright and sunshine, you got to yeah. go through some, some dark times to realize, like, what you have is thankful, and, and also, you know, like, kind of learn that, that, you know, everything you do is not just from your own. Yeah. You know, I think that was sort of like my, you know, sums up for last year, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of, you know, a lot of endurance, you know, so. But um, starting this year, like, things are picking up again. So that's great, you know, start um, making money here and there, you know, start working. So back to my career. Like we need, we need something that energizes us, which is yeah. this podcast gonna be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think this podcast is. I don't know. It's like I was nervous, but exciting at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's usually it's it's like one one of my biggest passion is model making and share the knowledge of design to people that wanted to learn and wanted to know what is going on in a in the world out there, and I think. By sharing and talking about design and the passion that I have with design and model making, it's in the podcast is very exciting. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also, you know, we we've been having a lot of 
conversations, you know, every week. And, you know, I always thought that the, the times that we spent together is very valuable and it's got a lot of good points. Just getting to know you guys is, is great and everything. I think it's, it's great that we get to do this in public now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. That's one word I can yeah. put in right now. It's exciting. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this year, actually, with you guys, yeah. with the podcast, with the brand of Object Passion and everything else. It's, it should be fun. should be fun. should Definitely. be a roller coaster, right? <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting because, like, for how difficult last year was, it, it really feels like it was kind of like a, a year delayed. I'll never forget, like, one of my friends at my first uh, university that I went to, he used to drive me absolutely nuts because he used to always fantasize um, about time management and say, man, if I could just freeze time for a day, you know, the stuff that I could get done and the stuff that I could do, but I could catch mm -hmm. up with all my homework, I could do all of this stuff, right? And I'm like, yeah, but that's not reality, you know? Like, reality, you have to, like, keep doing things every day. Last year felt like that, that he got that pause he's always been talking about. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was, like, an opportunity for everybody to kind of grow and kind of evolve and kind of plan for this year. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's not going to be kind of like the, like a fast sort of acceleration towards uh, better careers, better success, you know, of course, because of the pandemic and all of this stuff. Uh, but it feels like the hard work put in this year is going to like lay the foundation for like years to come kind of the benefit of, of, 2020, you know, for, for how crappy it was for everybody. It's interesting in a way that for me, for myself, my design changes during the COVID-19 pandemic. My, mm -hmm. my point of view changed and everything changed. And so I started to look at new ways of searching and new ways of exploring designs, whether it's in mm -hmm. emotional way or whether it's in humorous way or whether it's in funny way. Like, I just think that the world is already sad. Is already depressed. Like for yeah. us as a designer, I think we need to have the knowledge and we need to energize people. We need to make the make the world better. Right. It's 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 kind of interesting because as designers, I, I never thought about this before this moment. So excuse me if this like metaphor is a bit clunky. But I, I don't know, I, it just kind of dawned on me a little bit that we're kind of like actors or actresses looking mm -hmm. for an audience. Yeah. Like, we create this content, we create this approach, regardless of what industry we're in, we have a certain personal style, a certain personal aesthetic. And we are looking for our, our audience in, in whatever industry we end up in. Finding an enthusiastic audience is like the best thing, really. Yeah. Like, uh, and really on some level what you search for. I mean, people don't want to design Ferraris because Ferraris are, you know, boring cars. They like it because look at the reception they get. Look at the mm -hmm. excitement that it embodies. Look at like the the applause and how historic like each model is. People want, like, a piece of that. So, like, 
I don't know. It's it's very interesting. We're not so egocentric. <laughs> I hate to say it on some level to be actors or actresses to be like directly in the spotlight, but like them, we are looking for our fan base. We're looking yeah. for uh, and our fan base is not fans, but consumers. You know, we're we're looking yeah. for that. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, I think there were a lot of up and downs last year, but you know, seems like all of us gained something. It's it's crazy internally and externally, and we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of phenomena. And I think as we do more, uh, you know, these sessions, I would like to talk more about what happened last year. I, th- I think there's so many topics yeah. that we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering um, if if our audience probably wants to know who we are. I mean, we know each other pretty well, but you know, I think maybe we should give like introduction of all of individually. Oh, what? They're, they're, they're not supposed to just assume, you know, that we're their friends <laughs> and, you know? <laughs> well, yes, yeah, no. you just look at us and know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, introduce ourselves once we come back from this short break. We'll be right back. <laughs> music you can simply type dorian miller in spotify and youtube i can kind of smoothly start off like thinking that um you know i think it was really really uh fortunate to like meet you guys and um i think i met joe through way you know because mm. uh way was um i think one of the friend doing his own own business and i you know i was like doing my own firm too so um, Joe was on his team and Sharif, you, you've been always around. I remember, um, in school too, yeah. um, flying drones and trans room. I, I never forget that, you know, <laughs> it was like the early stage. Well, not even early stage. I don't think anybody really saw a drone in real life back then. Not many. Mm. Then you were like already ahead of the game. You were like flying this thing around and, uh, yeah, that always caught my attention. So <laughs> You know, I knew from the get-go, like, you guys will be 
become entrepreneurs, basically doing your own thing, you know, then I worked in a car company before too, but it's very difficult. I don't want to like dig too deep into it, the stuff that happened because like for, for some other designers, I want to keep their reputation, but, um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a difficult environment. I mean, that's, that's the reason why, um, I got out and started doing my own thing. Um, yeah. you know, designing outsourced projects, not only cars, but products, mobilities, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was pretty much what I've experienced. And then last year, like, I didn't get much of a project. So I was just doing a lot of random stuff, like selling stickers and um, mm -hmm. try to teach more students. And, um, you know, I'm actually teaching at our center right now, you know, thanks to, uh, I guess, thanks to last year, because, you know, if I wasn't really having a lot of free time, I wouldn't get to teach a lot of classes. But then um, I think because I had more free time on my hand and I wanted to do something that is rewarding. I mean, you know, design is rewarding too, but I wanted to contribute back to the society and our center mm -hmm. had opportunity for me mm -hmm. to teach. So that was really nice. And starting yeah, this year, like I said, you know, works are picking up again. I'm starting getting busier again. So, you know, that's great. But I'm really looking forward to this uh, podcast. Yeah. I'm already excited, you know, because we, we had a lot of good uh, conversations. I was inspired a lot by our conversations. So I hope it happens to a lot of people. You know, I think that's what the, the podcast is all about is to, you know, when they listen to us, I, f I hope that they feel like they're inspired and all this creativity start like sparkling in their brain. I, it, it's yeah, it's interesting because like they're so thank you, by the way, Thomas, Thomas Kim for sharing a little bit of your background. <laughs> in my... <laughs> I didn't even share, share my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> but no, no, it, it was, it was wonderful. Like what, what you were saying, um, very interesting, like how how things are are kind of shifting and and changing. Like, um, I lost my train of thought, but I'm going to delve into another one. <laughs> and, and... <laughs> you can just talk about whatever you feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to say, yeah. It, it's very interesting for me to to kind of chat with you guys. By the way, everybody, my name is Sharif Manganis. Um, I and. I, Really to hear and, and to chat with you guys and hear everybody's sort of um, uh, uh, experience and travel through through the world of design, what brought them there, what continues to motivate them, what they what they hope to do in the future. Like one of the things I, I love about Thomas is, is, you know, he has a commitment towards education, which is so huge. Uh, really, without education we the impacts are deep and far and wide and it's it's truly truly important and so th that kind of brings me a little bit to like my story like for me for lack of a better way of putting it i and with zero zero arrogance at all like i feel like i was kind of born to be a designer uh, the reason why is as soon as I could get a pen in my hand, I was trying to like draw crazy ideas that I had. Uh, I have papers from when I was a kid of like drawings of cars with specifications for like motors, tires, uh, all of this stuff. And then like 
I would get into it with like buddies of mine and be like, oh yeah, you know, we want to do this Nerf gun. Be like, hey, Sharif, can you like draw and do this Nerf gun and all of this stuff? And so I, I always had kind of an experience tinkering and coming up with stuff as like I got older. And I thought that meant I should go into engineering. And so I did. And I hated it. Like if you guys have ever seen the movie Office Space, the future for most engineers most of the time is to be in giant rooms filled with cubicles and you sit there and just do math <laughs> for like stupid parts of projects, right? And like I'll never forget one of the projects that I was supposed to work on was literally to calculate the the coefficient of drag on a spoiler for a semi truck and like do that for different variations of the spoiler. And I literally hated my existence and <laughs> I dropped out of engineering like instantly. Um, so as with most <laughs> kind of dramatic shifts in life that led to a bit of an existential crisis and I did a lot of soul searching. I did a little bit of like stock investing for like a year, uh, did some research on business and then found out that art center existed and, you know, basically built a portfolio, got in and uh, started in transportation design because cars and vehicles and movement is still one of my largest passions you know, in, in life. Uh, but I, as I started going through the program, uh, I did a lot of work volunteering for conferences. I traveled a lot for conferences. I networked a lot with different people and I really developed a philosophy of design that I, I believe should be much more research-based. And that became one of the hallmarks of, of my process. Like, I, I, I truly believe deeply in the value of uh, market research, market immersion, trend research, trend immersion, um, and that ultimately influencing your design as an as a end product. And that was not part of the trans curriculum. So I, I was butting heads a lot with the upper staff <laughs> at Art <laughs> Center. <laughs> Let's just say there may have been more than one coordinated attempt to expel me from Art Center <laughs> because I was just I was just not doing what they wanted me to do. I wasn't challenging authority. I wasn't you know, disrespecting them. It's just when they said you should sketch, I said, I want to research. And they did not like that at all. Mm -hmm. And so I, I talked to uh, Karen, the head of the product department, and explained to her my situation and my needs. And she welcomed me with open arms into the product department. And so I finished out my time at Art Center uh, as a product uh, grad. Um, the the sort of like stuff like drones, really, I, I happened upon that stuff because of trend research. You know, I was looking at future markets 
future areas of growth and that's how I how I got into drones and then I learned like holy crap people are making these and all you need is basic wiring skills mm. well I was into robots as a kid. I built a couple of robots. Mm -hmm. I know how to do some wiring. Let me try this. And damn, man, that was 2010, 2011 now. Yeah. You oh, know? Wow. Well, yeah. It's It's been a while. It and, really early stage. Yeah. And so, like, I, I yeah, after I graduated, I, I started my own business, you know, designing and developing drones for racing. Uh, because I, as with cars, racing is really where you develop a lot of the technology and strategies for better, uh, more advanced kind of capable drones. And we had some amazing successes in, in my years of doing it. Uh, for a while, I had the world's fastest drone doing 140 miles an hour. Um, wow. I, Congratulations. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, the, the, the bittersweet story is like three months later, somebody went 162, so I got displaced. Still, for still a short you have time. <laughs> It's That's always awesome. a good thing, right? Trying to, you know, yeah. overcome, yeah. <laughs> but but that, that's the truth of it, right? It doesn't matter if you're making cars, trains, uh, or even playing video games, right? Like, there's the people who try to speedrun Minecraft or Super Mario or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. There's always somebody who's going to come around and be faster. Right, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But that's the, that's the beauty and the competitiveness of racing that I, that I love. Uh, and so, yeah, after after the, the top speed stuff, I started really pushing and being one of the, the pioneers in large-scale drone racing, had my drones on, on globally broadcasted TV uh, shows, you know, where they were racing. And then all of a sudden in 2018, the bottom fell out. Yeah, as yeah. I was what telling my friends. 2018. Yeah, so it, it was a very odd time. Long story short, a lot of the event organizers didn't have experience doing that job. They were tech guys. They weren't even business people. They were just nerds who said, oh, we should do this. And then it grew bigger and faster than their means and sort of knowledge for the space. And so... Uh, perfect example, we had like a world championship event that was that was in Hawaii. People were traveling from all across the globe for the event, and the organizers were so disorganized, so poorly uh, uh, managed that the first, second, and third place awards were mm -hmm. tiki dolls bought from a tourist trap, and on the back of it, written first, second, and third in Sharpie. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. That's very and unprofessional. Yeah, yeah that's Tremendously unprofessional, unprofessional yeah. right? And w when you're looking at large-scale, like, international corporations for sponsorship, they see that, and they run, you know, full speed, like, uh, the road runner in in the cartoons, you know, leaving yeah. holes in the wall. <laughs> yeah. 
And that that's exactly what happened in 2018. After uh, a couple of large-scale, highly publicized events like that, um, the, the sponsors pulled out, uh, event organizers went bankrupt, and people like me who were contracted to develop you know, the next generation, like put it to you like this in 2019, you were going to see eight foot racing drones had, mm. had things not kind of gone out of whack, but right. unfortunately mm. that is what it is. And, you know, the beauty of being a designer and, and kind of having an education from art center, I feel is design is, a lifestyle. It's it's a way of thinking. It's about being adaptable and responding to changes. Right. So really it only took a little while, I would say about a year for me to kind of find a new opportunity to pivot. So I, I started designing um durable goods, pocket knives, things like mm. that and starting to do like some consultancy there licensing my work started this podcast with you guys mm-hmm. you know and going forward just really looking for new opportunities to design in different marketplaces so yeah. i don't have to be dependent on one industry for my income you know like mm-hmm. there's the way things are looking is uh, markets industries, et cetera, are going to continue to be volatile, you know, like right. we as, as the next generation need to develop strategies to kind of protect ourselves right. against market volatility. And I'm, I'm happy to do that with friends. That's always the best. <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're here, man. That's, yeah. wow. that's a quite yeah. a, that's quite know, a journey. Story quite a journey you have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it wow. is what it is <laughs> well, we, to, we just have to get used to it right you know like yeah anything can happen in the future yeah, like, yeah. That, that's that's the reality of it right yeah. like if you think about an animal an animal doesn't have anxiety about tomorrow mm. it just says okay i need to eat that's on the I agenda. Sleep, I'm right. tired. I'm, I need a drink. You know. <laughs> exactly. You, yeah. you you have to think about the future and plan for the future, but live in the moment. That's spot all you on. can do. Your metaphor yeah. is spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for once. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Sheriff long enough. Like I was when I was in our center, Sheriff was one of the guy that really inspired me to move forward because like we were in the same major i'm in product design as well and sharif was here too with my most downtime maybe around like what term six 15? yeah term six or seven yeah that was like my that. really of my 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 downtime because i just can't i just can't everything that i do in school everything that i trying to achieve is not acceptable in school but then mm. when i talk to sharif he was there and, and he really admired me to do like stuff that I like and really like push me forward. And he, funny enough, like Sheriff and I are like very good friends after all. <laughs> <laughs> because because I know Sheriff long enough, but he was not there in the beginning of school when I started. But we rapidly build up the relationship or friendship, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah. Uh, not not year. Like really fast. Right. Yeah. And I know Shiv. He's always like this metaphor guy. He's always like <laughs> when he talk, when he chat, it's really really inspiring uh, for people to listen to him. Look, so the thing was though, Joe, like your your work is always genius. It's just that art center is such like a critical environment that you forget your own genius. And that for me, that's all I, I was there for. It's just to be like, look, Joe, you're amazing. Yeah, that's basically what you do. <laughs> but yeah, like when the graduate comes, they finally accept my works with all the emotional, all the uh, humorous way of approaching design. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest, strongest point that I have. And I tried, I, I wanted to approach that way. And then I talked to Karen, I talked to every other instructors. He's like, yeah, Joe, you already, you have, you have been been through there. Can can graduate you? I'm like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> After I graduated, we all, we all do the same. We start looking for jobs, looking for things that we wanted to mm-hmm. do. And way comes by, he, he's assembly team to make goods, to make products, to make electronic products that is IoT-based, user-centric IoT-based product. But then these five years of, of uh, in this company, of startup company, is quite a roller coaster. It's very harsh. There's a downtime, there's uptime, but we get through there. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning of 2015, 2015, 2016, 2017, everything was looking great. We have the future mm-hmm. there. We have all the products yeah. that we need. The concept is right and everything yep. just there. The investors are coming in, all the marketing, all the uh, business that we trying to achieve, it's there. The team of the leadership, it just doesn't execute as well, as, right. as, as good as I thought. And so I trying to hang in there and trying to change my way of designing, change my way of looking at, diff- uh, looking at different products and looking at design. That's, that's where I, was, I also learned that Design for marketing is really important. And branding, marketing, marketing-driven product is really important than just pure design. And that changed my, my point of view quite a bit up till now. Like, I still have this humorous way of approaching design because I think that the world is already having a lot of downtime. I won't, I, the, the things that I design, I, I don't want to impact people in a, in a bad way. i just yeah. trying to make fun and interesting ideas to make people laugh to make people have a smile on their face, to make yeah. them think that they can do the same. They can, and I can, uh, they can be inspired. And during 2018 and 2019, that's where things really get bad because I did not get paid. I did not get any other things that I should get for the, for the company that I was in. I did not get enough work that I wanted to do. So I slowly, slowly trying to get out and trying to searching for new ways of it designing and also impact the, the environment. Yeah. And since 2020 and 20, uh, last year, it's very bad because I didn't even work for a year. Mm. Just trying mm. to figure out what I should do and trying to figure out the way. And so I kind of went back to what I love to do, is, which is another mm. hobby. It's model making and like model making for me, I can really put into a work that I want and then trying to achieve the look that I want and also implant the passions that I have for market making and also designing, trying to make them come together in life. 
So mm. being being able to share all this passion, uh, my passion with designs and with model making is one of my biggest biggest motivation for me right now. Is yeah, yeah, doing podcasts to share all this in uh this information knowledge is. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the, the, the thing about you, Joe, um, that really caught my attention was that model making, actually. You know, I think when we met 101, like for the first time, you showed me all this model, you know, models yeah. that you built. Yeah, yeah, amount of detail and amount of expression that you put in was really amazing. And Thanks. that immediately caught my attention. Yeah, that's... That's like the strong, I guess, like the characteristic that, you know, it remains my, my head for a long time. And mm. if you think about it, like back then, maybe like when YouTube just started, you know, YouTubers were considered just like hobbyists, right? Like yeah, people yeah. just like upload videos for fun. But yeah. now it's a career because so many people, you know, paying attention to the media, the YouTube, and not even YouTube. Now we have like Twitch um, you know, Spotify, all these uh, platforms mm. that uh, mm. supports, you know, all these, you know, like video makers and streamers, mm. you know, and, you know, we're one of them too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to enjoy what you do. Yeah, that's, then, the, like, that's you know, the hardest and that's actually the exciting part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Over mm -hmm. time, you just constantly develop, and who knows where it's going to take yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Something that I've become, like, a, a little bit of an expert of, you know, mm -hmm. like, dealing with the the drones and now, like, the, the EDC, everyday carry, like, community stuff, right? Like, the, the thing that the YouTubers were really kind of uh, lucky uh, for having was Google. They had a major corporation with major resources backing and supporting the platform that they were that they were using to kind of build everything off of and as like a designer looking for like niche industries to work in that's always a very good sign mm -hmm. like that is that's something that we were actually lacking pretty heavily in the drone industry there was not one big stand out like corporate level manufacturer that was creating and um, offering a platform for the entirety of the community to kind of like build off of. Um, right. And we even see this in like tinkering communities like Intel will develop, you know, internet of thing chips and development mm -hmm. boards for, you know, startup entrepreneurs to yeah. kind of develop their platform off of. Uh, and others do the same thing, like Raspberry Pi, et cetera. And that's what gives those communities such like a vibrant mm -hmm. uh, background, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, weird, random tip in the middle of the podcast, unstructured. But if you're looking to get into a niche industry and develop products for it, look for a big corporate presence, at least. Disclaimer, <laughs> <laughs> do not... Ever, ever, ever do not get into electronic device. Then <laughs> yep. you can. It's, it's your yep. money. So. Yeah. Yep. 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 Speaking of uh, hobbies and startup, actually, I I met Thomas not in school. It's actually when we get to startup company with Wei, with myself, and then I actually 
no uh, no Thomas from way. And then I remember there's one one time that I think it's for the first time we went out all together and then just have a chat with uh the company, the startup, the idea of starting up the product. Yeah. He's riding motorcycle. I'm like, damn, this is cool. <laughs> and that's that's basically how I met Thomas. <laughs> and yeah. like right now I really wanted to do something with the hobbies, the passions. That's where I hope this this is where we can hit hit towards, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. listeners, they should know that that Thomas is a very active motorcycle rider, yeah. very <laughs> active enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, Joe yeah. and I are more of the the sports car types. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we both have a, a love and deep respect for motorcycles, cafe yeah. racers, yeah. Like you name it. I even so. think of getting getting one because of Thomas. He's yeah. trying to push me into this deep hole. <laughs> it's it's very um, interesting thing, you know, about the the motorsports or you know like automotives or any vehicles. If you think about, mm. you know, a lot of males are drawn into moving objects. You know, yeah. like yeah, and um, yeah, even if you're not like motorcycle enthusiasts, like you see like really nice looking motorcycles just riding by all the oh, yeah. all the men, like they. They turn their heads on, around, you know, and see what kind of motorcycle it is, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like so many times, I I was approached by a lot of like daddies, actually, like fathers. Yes. Yeah. Right. And they they always ask me like, oh, you know, how much is it? You know, they always end up saying like, you know, oh, my wife wouldn't uh, let me yeah. ride. Yeah. 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 But they yeah. still, you know, they're they're always approaching and asking me so many questions. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the interesting yeah. part, you know. I'm pretty sure same with cars too. If you have really like interesting cars, you know, yep. guys will always approach you. It's like it's a nice car, you know. Or sometimes like they want to compete you, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah oh yeah. god. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I for for the listeners, like I grew up in Detroit, and then I moved to LA, and now I'm living in uh, Northern California in a town called Modesto. What's very interesting about each of these three communities, like Detroit, LA, Modesto, is they have like very, very deep-seated automotive cultures. And I tend to drive sports cars. I, I had a WRX, now I have a BRZ, I had other cars in between. Um, but what Thomas just mentioned is literally my everyday life. I'm going to the grocery store, somebody tries to race me. I try to go to like the bank. Somebody tries to race me. I'm and I drive quick, right? So like maybe that gives the people the impression that like I'm trying to be like a little race car driver. No, no, I'm just trying to get home. Like that's it. I don't care. (laughs) These guys, they they won't let you just go home safely. You know, they put you on you. You know, oh my god. I'll never forget, like, when I was living in downtown L.A., I was literally driving, you know, the, the 110 freeway cuts through downtown L.A., yeah. and I would use it. There's the, the 6th Street exit. That was my exit to get home. And I'll never forget, one day, there was a Bentley. My car is a four-cylinder. He had <laughs> at least a supercharged V8 in his Bentley. <laughs> this dude tried to race me down the streets of downtown L.A. 
you know? And I'm like, bro, I'm just trying to get home. Like, what is the deal, you know? So finally, like, I pulled in, like, I, I basically pinned him, you know, so that, like, he would either have to, like, come to a full stop or crash, you know? And I was just like, dude, <laughs> leave me alone, man. You like, crazy, just, man. Yeah, like, I'm just, yeah. I want to go home. Like, yeah. I, I, it's like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. I don't care about you. I care about yeah. my bed. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I love I love wheels and cars yeah. and motorcycles. Yeah, I really need to get into cars once this pandemic's over. But I mean motorcycles. Mm. Yeah. Well I yeah. you know, going back to that whole hobby thing, you know, what what I realized historically when I look back, like all these great inventions, um, mass production always happens when when you know the world is in need, but yeah. invention always happens through the passion and yeah. True curiosity, you know, yeah, and like, totally. yeah, like Wright brother, they, uh, you know, exactly. created an airplane. It wasn't like people requesting them to make a, you know, vehicle that flies. It was just yeah. purely, you know, their passion. But then later, when the World War One happened, and government engaged and then make it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. produce. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of people had this misconception of thinking that, oh, you know, we're inventing stuff because we think we need it. Yeah. You know, I think um, I think more in a sense that you know these pure passion and curiosity are the ones that drives people to invent stuff, basically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And sometimes we all experience being entrepreneurs. People criticize, like, "Oh, we don't need that stuff right now." Mm. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Doing all the time. Like it's not gonna make you any money, you know, or something, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately, in the end, like when we do do those stuff you know while we're doing it it's not because oh you know we want to be rich of course we want to bring like bread and butter to be responsible but we're not looking yeah. to be like a you know millionaire or something it's more of the that passion to create an object right mm-hmm. yeah and later 100%. yeah we'll see if there's any chance for for the world to accept or not but i think that's the reason why even midst of all this criticism uh, we still do what we'd love to do. Yeah. Right. Like I have experience on that too, because the things that we create for my previous startup or things that we don't, we actually don't need, but we want, it's mm. not the need, you know, it's something that I learned a lot. And then when we went to CES all the time for past three years, all the conventions and stuff, when people come, they will be like, Oh, I don't need this. Yeah, but it's it looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, they will be like this. <laughs> it looks interesting, but I don't need this. And then they will also t- tell uh, ask us when is this gonna be used. Mm-hmm. So I learned that from very beginning of the startup. As long as I mean, as long as we stick to what we plan, eventually things will get well. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. funny. Because when Bird and Lime before they came out, I remember like all this criticism about who's gonna share electric scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not gonna be like very clean. Um, there might be an issue where people steal stuff, and there were issues. But yeah. imagine like you know how much money they made. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. Know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, until pandemic, of course. Yeah. 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 No, this uh, this issue. It's so funny because like. 
this issue of passion versus production versus like purpose and all of this, like, uh, touched really, really close to home for me with regard mm-hmm. to like the drones because like, uh, me getting into drones was a combination of yes, trend research, like I mentioned earlier, but also of a deep seated love of flight that I've always had. Right. Uh, my first love, actually, of vehicles were fighter jets. And still to this day, I remember a lot of the information that I absorbed when I was a kid about airplanes. And uh, I can readily tell you the difference between an F-15, an F-14, an F-16, MiG-27, MiG-29. Like, it doesn't matter who made it, when or where. Uh, and so drones were really exciting because they opened this incredible opportunity for citizen level flight, you know, uh, both like experientially in a drone platform and in terms of mass democratization of, uh, individual flight, um, helicopters are very complex, very expensive, and not easy to do as people carriers, but a, a multi-rotor platform, very easy to do, you know? So really, like for me, even the excitement of drones meant a future of flight for all of us on the regular, you know? And I was really, really, really devastated with the 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 mismanagement of the industry because like it was a work of passion for me like i really wanted to see like uh, more things flying and more people flying it gives you a very different perspective on the world even to see it like top down you suddenly can appreciate like climate change and environmental erosion or uh, even socioeconomic uh, uh, separation is very easy to see actually from like a bird's eye view. It completely changes your engagement with the environment. And the thing with drones that I always said was that it was the solution without a problem. Uh, you know, <laughs> very, very much like the Wright brothers, right? Yeah, like the, they created an airplane and there was there was no immediate need or use for it nobody envisioned people in mass riding the things like we have today you know um and so of course they were conscripted into war immediately because they were seen as a tactical advantage and guess what the same thing happened with drones like the word drone our first introduction to it as americans was drone strike Literally. Mm. <laughs> so you can even see the trajectory of drones going the same way as like the aerospace industry, but on a much more like democratized level. But man, these people and their mismanagement set back the industry by at least like five to 10 years. And that's the problem, really. That that That's the issue. It's like, Passion should be allowed to grow and dictate what this thing is, not people trying to make a buck off of it. If that had been the case with the aerospace industry in the beginning, if the Wright brothers set out the agenda to have a mass production airplane from the start, 
they would have never gotten off the ground. Yeah, like, exactly. You have to you have to follow passion first. Let that inform you what the thing is on some le- when you're getting into new territory. Um, that on some level is why I appreciate the everyday carry community because conversely, these people don't look at objects and say, "Oh, what's the purpose of that?" They're willing to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a fidget spinner. you know what i mean like for them the ownership of a beautifully crafted object a beautifully crafted tool is enough for them and that's a very interesting thing right i mean five or twenty dollar flashlight will do the ostensibly the same job as a nine hundred dollar flashlight but these people own nine hundred dollar flashlights <laughs> and and it's not about the money it's a the, the price comes from the craftsmanship and all of the attention to detail it's not unjustified but the consumers in this space aren't looking at your product and saying why does it exist which yeah. is is a very unique and kind of exciting design environment to be in mm-hmm. You just need to make something compelling and interesting and artistic like in your expression and people will enjoy it uh, versus when you start getting into mobility, technology, things like that, immediately people say, well, why is it? Why does this exist? You know, yeah. so it's an interesting uh, experience, this this passion versus production. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Like for me, design is always not a statement piece. It's design is always there around me, everyday lifestyle around me. Right. And design for me as a product designer it's, is something that I admire because we all use products and those products are not there because what how it looks or how it feels. The look of it will change your feelings, but those products are not there because of or how how beautiful the design is. Those products are there because you need it, because we design it in a way that it fits in, into our life, fits into the environment. Yeah. And cars and cars and motorcycles and transportation is different, different ideas, but I still think that those are still what we need. And... I mean, you, we can now design a car that is very simple, but we can also design a car that is hypercarish. I think oftentimes that um, like when we need something, um, it brings application. But if we try to create something because of like certain problem that we only get to focus on that problem, that we're not creating um, something that really can cover a lot of circumstances. Yeah, uh, it gets really narrow. I think you know when we are just focusing on a problem, mm. but when we're like focusing on like just pure creativity, like you know, sort of sort of beyond you know just what we can imagine, then um, it becomes more of something that later it could be applicable for those problems. You know, I've seen like drones start taking over many different problems, like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wildfires, uh, crop maintenance, and yeah, stuff crop, like that. Yeah. yeah, and then also uh, military usage, you know. But 
those yeah. weren't the problems that were given to drone developers in earlier stage. You know, it was just no. simply, yeah, like I would like to create something that automatically flies by itself, you know, and then people start seeing, okay, that could be applied to this and that, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's why, you know, there's such a beauty in object passion, which, you know, is our title, right? Basically, yeah, like we, we are just creating interesting stuff, consistently developing, talking based on our curiosity, based on our imagination, you know, not because we, we had a problem that are given and, you know, we're trying to solve it. Then I think later um, the problems will eventually arise, and we'll have application to mm. resolve mm. these problems. Yeah. I feel that there's definitely like two approaches to design. There's problem based, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is is usually a, a mass production approach. Uh, you have a, a direct need that needs uh, servicing. Um, uh, like a perfect example of that is like a mud guard for a bicycle. Right. Uh, there's a problem. Let's design a solution for it. Right. But the the deeper level is exactly what you're talking about. Is what I call existential design. Right. And I, I've spoken with you guys about this before, but I, I'm have a deep seated love for the philosophy of existentialism. And one of the tenets of existentialism uh, states that existence precedes essence. And what that means is that an object or a person exists before a definition is applied to it, right? So a perfect yeah. example is like what you said for drones. Drones sought just to exist and then find a purpose for those drones, uh, and that's really when I find you can do like really new creative stuff is when you get into kind of the existential design layer of things. If you can do something before predicting, right, right. <laughs> even even earlier than predicting, you're you're pre-predicting the the needs of people in the future by creating these these solutions. Um, and that, and that's exactly on some level what drones are. They are a solution for a problem that didn't exist, you know, that people mm. didn't know they needed these things for. Right. And uh, it's so funny that you mentioned crop management because that's one of the things that I've been thinking about doing in terms of pivoting because out where I live now, uh, there's a lot of farming and a lot of farming communities. And if you can offer... Uh, a farmer like a turnkey solution to monitoring their crops, then boom, they, they'll love that sort of thing. Yeah. But as Joe said, getting into electronics is a terrifying industry. <laughs> <laughs> Call me on that. <laughs> no, I, I, really, I really like that uh, idea of existentialism. Because mm. um, I think that's what humans are like, basically. We we were just born, you know. We weren't given yeah. any job, you know, before we were existing, you know. Like exactly. humans are not assigned to do certain things. You know, they just, you know, have this instinct and to survive. That's, that's yep. all it is. And then we find a purpose in our lives. That's why we struggle through puberty, I think, you know, <laughs> because 
we don't know who we are and we try to fit in with people. And then once we found what we love to do and then um, what we are good at, that's when we start defining, redefining ourselves. Yeah. I, I, I love these topics, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to talk more about these topics every week. And I think we're planning to also bring in some panels and guests, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. It's nice to, to exchange and kind of see different people's perspectives on the subject of design. It's, yeah. um, it's one of those things like a banana. There's more than one way to peel a banana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing I love about talking with you guys is what you just mentioned. Most common things like banana, we can talk so much different perspective of you know, that object. And mm -hmm. if you think about it as a designer, um, I have like my common everyday thing, you know, when you just sit down and start like kind of exploring your, your objects around, you know, like what Joe said, you know, everything is a design, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything has a reason. Everything has a story. Everything has a purpose. And I think a lot of times the privilege of being a designer is to recognize that yeah. your mm -hmm. life is never boring, you know? <laughs> Be very afraid of the bored designer, the, the, <laughs> the person who can't find inspiration in their day-to-day -day life. That is uh, not a creative mind at all. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. one thing I really love about like having conversation with you guys. You know, just most common thing we can talk about still is very interesting. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Mm. On that note, we, myself, Sharif... Joe, Thomas, we all want to thank you for, for tuning in to us. And we really appreciate you taking the time to, to download and listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever, wherever you got us from. Um, and, and please tell your friends. You know, we are just getting started. We're just growing. And, um, you know, if we said anything interesting, leave a comment. You know, if we said anything controversial, leave a comment. If you want to say, hey, your voice sucks, leave a comment, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, it, that's not the case. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's know? the case. I can't change anything. <laughs> yeah, you guys can change anything except my voice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm flexible. I can talk like this if you guys really prefer it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, alright you guys from all of us over here at Object Fashion thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll, we'll catch you real soon alright thank Sounds you good. see you guys later Love, cause you don't know what I mean. No.